0: On this week's episode, does Master Chief find redemption in Season 1? Are you ready for more love, death, and robots? And is the world prepared for the return of the Nature Boy? Woo! All this and more as we once again delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Welcome
0: to the pop culture cosmos all right and we're back for another episode of the pop culture cosmos it's gerald glassford come right back at you here for pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football game source and the lakers fast break we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review wherever you get your podcasts Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, game Source, the great folks at Lakers Fast Break, the even greater folks at Lakerholics.com. If you can go ahead and support all these great things, including the Pop Culture Cosmos and PopCultureCosmos.com, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, where we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. And we've got several games going each and every week. You can watch the streams of at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Plus, we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture each and every day right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without a good friend and migrating over as one of the key figures from the Lakers fast break. It's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out his five things articles today at Lakerholics.com. He goes into great detail on everything that's going on with the Los Angeles Lakers. It is my good friend. It is Jamie Sweet. I would normally call him Admiral Akbar, but I don't want him to, like, destroy this particular show or set a trap for us anyways. But good yeah. to have you aboard, my friend.
2: Listen, Akbar won that fight, man. What are you talking about? He, he was the winner. He was the winning general.
0: Oh, that's a top. That's a top.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was. He looked like George Custer at first, but he came out to uh, Patton,
0: you know? Yeah, he came out all right. But how you been, my friend? Everything going okay. Okay? okay? Great to have you here, my friend. I will tell you, it's hopping here in Vegas for altogether different reasons, because this past weekend is one of the biggest places to go every year. If you're an electronic dance music EDM, I actually would love to go to it myself because the Electric Daisy Carnival is in town. And it's so funny because you will never see more buses heading to the racetrack than you will this weekend. Because everywhere you look, there was one bus after another bus after another bus heading to the Las Vegas Speedway. Over 100,000 people witnessed the DJs galore spreading the love of electronic dance music and i'm sure there was a lot more stuff there that i cannot say right now but it was a good time from what i saw i saw some live performances already it was really good music and again i'm in the edm so it really makes my day to see edm being put out into the spotlight each and every year but my friend have you had a chance to go you know anyone who has no it's so funny the last
2: time one of the last times i was in vegas not for a fish concert was there's a convention that rolls through there called Infocom, which Mm -hmm. is like a technology convention center. And it was for work. It was for my work. We were checking out classroom technology
0: systems. It's actually coming up again this year very soon. It
2: often overlaps with EDC. And so that year it did. Like the Infocom people and the EDC people were all in the same hotels. And you could not see, you could not have a more diametrically opposed fashion. The fashion of the two crowds was just hilarious to juxtapose. So... I'm sure that happens a lot in Vegas. You know, the mime convention is there when the, uh, you know, the trucker convention and so on and so forth. I'm sure that's a common occurrence in in, in Las Vegas. But for me, it was the first time. Usually when I'm there, I'm there to see fish and everybody's a dirty hippie and everybody, you know, everywhere you look, you're like, oh, there's a hippie. So that's always been fun. I have not yet been to the EDC, but I'm aware of its uh, storied history and uh, the fun that it represents.
0: Well, it's great to have you here, my friend. And again, if you're an EDM monster, you can go ahead and check it out today on the Electric Daisy Carnival. But you should stop by. If you're EDM at all, if you're into it, please go ahead and check it out when you're here in Vegas. It is something spectacular indeed. But we've got a great show lined up for everyone out there. I have, coming up later in the hour, got John Orlando for the Cast. He's going to stop by as we go into detail on some stuff going outside of the ring that are going on, including a major individual in the WWE ranks that is on hiatus that's taking a leave. There are two other major superstars from the WWE that are also taking a leave. And I'll tell you later on what the WWE did about it coming up here as far as Sasha Banks and Naomi are concerned. Also, as well, the future for AEW with MJF, because he's making a lot of noise, and he is really creating a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, a lot of waves, a lot of rumors, both in and out of the ring himself. And last but not least, we also talk about the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, coming back into the ring one more time. We'll talk about if that's a good move or hilarious move or a dumb move. That's coming up later in the program as well. Can
2: it be D, all of the above?
0: I think it is right now D all the above. Yeah, so yeah. Seventy-three years know, old. Now you're, talking, now you're
2: talking my generation of
0: wrestling. wrestling. Yeah,
2: so I grew up on the flares, the Iron Sheiks, the Hogans, the uh the junkyard dogs. You know, that was my but
0: know, Hogan like, is smart enough to say, you know what, I, if I can do it, I can't do it. He is at this point in time he he entertained it, but it looks like he's not going to do get back in the ring ever again. Iron Sheik is too physically unable to. Yeah, Ric Flair has already suffered a heart attack and almost been dead (laughs) on more than one occasion with blood clots and also heart attack, and he's actually going back in the ring here in a couple months. So who knew that?
2: that, Who knew knew that movie, The Wrestler, would be so prophetic?
0: Yeah, wouldn't? Yeah, exactly. Mickey Rourke is in better shape than Ric Flair, but Rourke should go and get in the ring, man. Maybe, maybe he should. Maybe he should, but. Maybe he'll be Ric Flair's opponent because it's yet to be named. Because in fact, it is going—he is going to be part of a six-man tag team. But we'll talk about more on that coming up in the episode with me and John Orlando. Plus, also as well, we're going to be talking about the season finale of Halo. I have been harsh on Master Chief this whole time, this whole season. Did it get any better? I'll talk about that coming up in a bit. Plus, also as well. We're going to be talking about the box office results as far as who won and who lost here. There was actually a little bit of a surprise and I've got to go ahead and compliment my Friday co-host Melinda because she was right. How was she right? That's coming up on the show as well. But first, my friend, I just wanted to touch on national streaming day that just passed us this Friday, you know, because everything is a day now, you know, there's a yeah. national, this and a national, that the thing that, was really the best part about it to me, I think, was there were some announcements here and there, but the best thing about it, me was the dropping of Season 3 of the 11-time Emmy Award winning Love, Death, and Robots. And if you are into animation and if you're into bite-sized 10- yeah. to 15-minute animation pieces, this is something really spectacular out there. Most of them hit. Not all of them. It's an anthology series, so they're not very loosely connected as far as just being, you know, something based in robots. But my friend, have you ever had a chance to check out Love, Death, and Robots in Season 1 or Season 2?
2: I've gotten into Season 1 a little bit. I love love things. So it's funny because you have both Master Chief, which is, you know, as episodic as it gets in terms of, like, both video games and, and now digestible media. And then something like this, which is, you know, like you say, is connected by the idea of what, like a robot, right? Basically. And so I love how it showcases so many different art ways of, you know, doing animation. And it's a brave thing for this time of media in that it's not tied into another product. (laughs) It has nothing to do with anything else. It's just itself. And so that in and of itself, it's, it's, it's an original, it's, a, it's original. It's not a remake or a reimagining or a recreation of something else. It's it's all OG. And so that in and of itself, I think, makes it a, a worthy uh, enterprise. And it's well done. It's got a lot of positive
0: things to offer. So uh, I, I just love that aspect of it. Depending on the artist who's doing it or the, or the company behind it, as far as right. which of the shorts, some of them are truly striking. Yeah. Absolutely striking. and to me it shows originally how much netflix was very invested into animation as being yes. a cornerstone of their yeah. channel then you hear these days in the past couple of weeks or since they've had their announcement of you know their stock dropping and the fact that they weren't getting they were losing subscribers and things weren't looking good they have laid off and cancelled several projects and laid off hundreds of people in, especially in and around the animation department and they've just canceled several animation projects. To me, that hurts a lot because of the fact that they were becoming the leader in animation. When you hear me telling you this, when you see the reports of what they're doing, they're still doing animated projects. Don't get me wrong, but it's not to the level that it once was, let's say, two months ago. What are your thoughts on that?
2: I mean, everything's a casualty of capitalism unfortunately art is always a casualty of capitalism and so that's not surprising to me you know we live in a results-driven society and so if you're not getting the results if you're not getting if you're not pulling the hits the likes the so on and the so forth you're gonna get canceled you know it's just how it is and I agree I think and another thing is that you know traditionally I think that now that computer animation is so prevalent it's not quite as the cost difference isn't quite as exorbitant, but generally speaking, animated series are more expensive to produce. So that I'm sure has something to do with it as well. And there's no name to draw people to see something. You can't cast Tom Hanks, you can cast Tom Hanks's voice, but it's not it's not the same. You know, you're not gonna get the full Tom Hanks or major actor as a voice is not the same as major actor in the show. So You know, all of those are hits against the world of animation at this point in the society of media, mass media. But I think it's unfortunate because, like you said, you know, I thought, you know, it's funny because for a while HBO was kind of, you know, they had boondocks, they had spawn, they had, they were kind of like a leader in, in, you know, carrying the flag of adult level animation, you know, not just for kids now it's netflix and it's it, somebody else will pick up that torch you know
0: there's 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 always a place for it there's always a demand for it you know and, when i watched love and death and robots what it reminds me of mm, heavy metal
2: totally yes
0: yes exactly and that the only through line was that it was all in a map from a magazine from <laughs> yeah it's a <laughs> or, spiritual
2: successor to heavy metal to, to I, me. I think that's a very apt comparison i think that's a very apt comparison
0: well it is Love, Death, and Robots, season three. I hope you get a chance to check them out. In fact, the first episode is actually available on YouTube, on the Netflix channel. You can watch for free and then go ahead and subscribe today to watch the whole season in full. But it is Love, Death, and Robots. We want to hear your thoughts. Are you excited for a new season of Love, Death, and Robots, which comes a week before Stranger Things? But, you know, that's going to come up here in a few days. That, right they're gonna call it after this uh, right? no i think there's gonna be one more i think they were thinking about four seasons but i think they're gonna go five if i'm not mistaken but or is it four i don't know we'll we'll see it always seems to change on that but yeah yeah uh, w- we will see but it is again love death and robots I want to go ahead and make sure everybody knows about it please if you get a chance check it out it has won numerous emmys so if you have thoughts on love death and robots please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And before we hit the break, I wanted to go ahead and mention again, EDC, it is the Electric Daisy Carnival. It is, you know, right there. it is, he's laughing, but it's a great time. If you're interested in electronic dance music, it is the EDC. If you've got it, if you get a chance, exactly, exactly. But if you get a chance and you want to check out all the action, it is available on YouTube today. There are channels that, that yeah. will lift you right to it. It's Insomniac TV. So you want to go ahead and check that out. But, Yes, my friend, there's uh, still the
2: periscope the periscope feed from that might be more interesting than the uh, oh, YouTube I'm, feed. Let's I'm, just
0: keep... uh, Yeah, well, let's just keep it that way, but yes, it is probably more interesting. And the TikTok feed, want to mention that they've actually advertised 100%.
2: 100 yes,
0: The TikTok feed, I'm sure is quite interesting indeed. But coming up after the break, there's my good friend Mr. John Orlando from the pvd cast he's here to talk about again all the things outside of the wrestling that's going on in the news then after that jamie sweet and i will close out the show talking about the wwe a little bit topping onto the sunday called the wwe also is where we're going to talk about the halo season finale and the box office that's coming up at the back end of the show this is the pop culture cosmos
1: you've heard others but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the jock and nerd podcast here Imran so if you
2: offend everyone at once it all it's a wash i've covered everybody
1: anthony spotify and wherever you find your favorite podcasts the jock and nerd podcast it can't be silly goofy fun seriously people really listen to this uh
0: jock and nerd all right and we're back with the pop culture cosmos It's gerald glassford car right back at you here when it concerns the entire gambit of pro wrestling you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at the pvd cast at the pvdcast.com it is my good friend mr john orlando and john great to have you back once again looking good as always got the deadpool going there i know they they sort of put the uh deadpool teaser on there on the twitter account there for you showing of course that the their humor is still alive as they go ahead and make a deadpool 3 someday i'm sure someday because you know disney loves money but i wanted to talk to you about pro wrestling because there's not necessarily WWE and AEW and the ratings battles and the fact that some are doing well on the road and some shows are selling out. And there's some signs of life now that we're kind of going out there in the world and going out and seeing live events once again. And I know that that AEW has talked about going abroad. They're doing well with advanced sales for double or nothing and a whole nine yards here in Vegas and, Everything's coming up roses for the WWE as far as that's concerned as well. As far as numbers-wise, ratings are up a little bit for the most part, which is good. The thing I want to talk about, as always, which interests you and I much more so than the the in-the-ring action is all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. I know that the... Dirt sheets were, I think, meant for us. I think probably when you and I were both born that they handed a dirt sheet in our hands and said, there you go. This is for you guys. This is for you. But I want to talk to you today about some of the things that are going on in behind the scenes because some news has traveled over the course of the past few days in regards to some events going on. And so I want to talk to you first about, I guess, the biggest news as far as WWE and that a very much of a surprise happened on Monday Night Raw recently. With the women's tag team champions, Sasha Banks and Naomi, walking out legitimately on Raw. Behind the scenes, they had some issues in, re- in regards to an upcoming match that they were going to have, the six-pack challenge match that they were going to have on Raw that was going to be taking place. And I guess what was going to be coming out of it was Naomi was going to win, pinning Sasha Banks, uh, Sasha for the most part, did not like that avenue, and one thing led to another, and they literally put their belts with John Laurinaitis, the head of talent relations, and basically walked on out, or as they say, took the ball and went home. Your thoughts on this? It led to Asuka, as you know, one of my favorite women's wrestlers and I think one of the best on the planet, getting the number one contendership for the Monday Women's Championship. That's all I'll call it. I'm sorry, because there should, again, they should be combining it. They've got the men's combined. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Come on. Let's get the girls going here. <laughs> but your thoughts on this whole situation between Naomi and Sasha Banks and the WWE, this seems to be something that's, that's really still not slowing down anytime soon.
1: I would just like to throw it out there that one of the things I've seen thrown about in all the different reports were that Sasha and Naomi felt, quote, not respected end quote as tag team champions Mm -hmm. first of all i'd like to know what women's tag team champions have been respected because let's just be honest gerald those belts are kind of a joke let's just be honest with one another they're not defended as frequently as they should be they're always it seems since the iconics it's just been a hodgepodge of just throw a bunch of people together spare parts tag teams if you want to call it that or so, even
0: if it's just the big names, like, again, Asuka, Charlotte Flair, or Sasha right. Banks, the Bayley, it just meant to serve a purpose for another angle for, or something that would break those two up eventually. It, it served a different purpose than pushing
1: the titles themselves. Correct. Absolutely. So I, th- that was my first takeaway. The second takeaway, look, you got to figure that this has been building and building and building for weeks on end. I don't think it's one bad booking decision or, you know, we need you to do the job. And that, that, that only happened once. And then those two say, forget this, we're out of here. It's gotta be, there, there's there gotta be. And I haven't, I haven't been able to find any, any information as to, as there been, you know, three weeks ago, was there an issue with booking a, a month ago? Was there an issue with booking where there's nothing there? This just doesn't seem like you up and run out. You drop your belts in Johnny Ace's lap and, and you take off if it's not something that has been building and building and building for a while. Yeah.
0: Well, again, Becky Lynch did the favor to Oscar to give Oscar the number one contendership and a match upcoming at hell in a cell against Bianca Belair. Let's put that fact that they should unify the titles aside. Okay. Again, that just seems kind of ridiculous that they're still doing what they're doing, but I want to focus in on what's going on there because it's it's this should be a time of celebration for WWEs because the fact is, as soon as I said that the WWE women's division was really at a high, a lot of the major names either decided to leave or got injured right after that. So for mm-hmm. several months now, close to a year, you didn't have the full roster of WWE women that could go ahead and really bolster the, the ratings, the crowds, things of that nature. But now you've got Becky Lynch back. You've got Asuka back. You've got Alexa Bliss back. You've got some real names that are in this. And it really should be a time where, as, in fact, you've got Sasha Banks. She came back from filming The Mandalorian. There's there's really some, some things that they could do to really push this division forward. But... Again, it's just the point, like you said, that I really don't think they have a clear, definitive vision on what they want to do with anything other than the top two title holders, as far as Ronda Rousey
1: and Bianca Belair. And you took the words right out of my mouth when you say there's no clear vision. I, I don't think there's any clear vision when it comes to a lot of the booking in the WWE. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, it was also reported that 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 Sasha met with Vince McMahon, like sometime before walking out or whatnot. And I, I really would have liked to been a fly on the wall and heard how Vince tried to spin this in, in a way to placate her, but still get his way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he always, there's all those stories that he's got the gift of gab that can get you to turn it around. And I mean, is this, is this, and I hate to say this because we talk about it all the time, but is this another piece of evidence that Vince is out of touch with the talent?
0: Could be the case because the fact is uh Putting it on the individuals, because the rumor was that they said they felt unsafe in that six-pack challenge with Asuka, with Becky Lynch, with Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H., and it seems to me that at least Sasha Banks has worked a lot, let's just put it that way, with Asuka and Becky Lynch, so I don't think they were talking about those two, you know, they were probably inferring to the other two, but again, I'm not a sure for sure on that, but what I wanted to ask you is, this to me, is just a bigger problem. And it comes on the heels of Stephanie McMahon taking a leave of absence. And Stephanie McMahon is supposed to be one of your lead creative voices. This couldn't come at a worse time, my friend. I don't know what seems to be going on at WWE, but still, we always talk about their divisions and their the way they go ahead and book and things of that nature. But to me, it seems like there's more problems when it comes to WWE now that are on the surface bubbling up. You've got, of course, Roman Reigns, still your champion, now taking more time off, now reluctant to do any house shows at all. Things are not looking as rosy as they once did just a few weeks ago in the WWE.
1: Well, and then you got to ask yourself, do we need to just maybe clean house in the front office? I mean, besides Vince McMahon. Get rid of Nick Khan, too. Let's try a whole new... Think about it in sports. That happens quite a bit in sports, doesn't it?
0: Well, again, I've told you already that they needed to sell. This is something I've been saying is from the get-go. It's it's just time. Vince, it's just time to step away. That's what I think. I mean, still, you see, even with the chaos going, even with the way they've handled everything over the course of the past two years, which you and I have been on this show talking about repeatedly in many ways, has been disappointing, has been underwhelming, has been mistake-filled, Guess what? Their ratings are at least on the up climb a little bit comparatively in the NBA playoffs. It's still something that that's very impressive to see that they've not lost even more numbers. They've they've not lost even more television ground to AEW, that they're actually gaining a little bit of ground back on that end and, and that they're back doing decent numbers at house shows. So to me, that tells me that that business, no matter how bad you do, is always there at some level what something or someone needs to do is come in save the day and grow those numbers by making radical decisions and i think if you just go ahead and look at it in different perspectives and someone comes in there and does that i think
1: they can do just that okay here's the question for you gerald do sasha banks and naomi return may obviously not right away but let's say you know Further on down the line, uh, this goes by, it's December to January of next year. Are they welcome back?
0: I think they'll be welcome back. Remember Naomi, if you see, uh, I think recent reports had her actually coming up close to the end of her contract. and She was in the middle of re- renegotiating a new contract. So we'll see what happens. I think they both do come back. I mean, they could both leave do the 90 days in limbo and then go to AEW and, and make a nice living there and obviously do a lot in the Indies, or in you know Sasha Banks' case, she's got a future possibly in Hollywood if she does mm-hmm. well enough in the Mandalorian. So that could be a future for her there. With Naomi, it's a little bit harder because of who she's married to. She's married to, I believe, Jay Uso, one of the Uso brothers. So that's gonna be a little bit complicated, although we see those situations now where there's a WWE wrestler married to an AEW wrestler. So we've already seen that pan itself out already. So it's not unprecedented, but I would say at this point in time, the WWE would be doing themselves a disservice, especially with Sasha Banks, who is a well-known name and can be a draw if she's put in the right spot can be a draw to go ahead and bolster the women's division. So, yeah, I think letting her or both of them go, would be a mistake for the wwe on a permanent basis
1: well and i agree with you i think that sasha banks has proven that she does not need the wwe machine to be successful in her endeavors as you mentioned the mandalorian i see both of them they will probably come back but i i would say that i would not be surprised if naomi has to do a little bit more than just come back like i.e she's taken jobs for a few weeks on smackdown or raw or wherever She's not going to win for a while.
0: Well, I don't think anybody, you know, even Asuka, who I would love to see get the title, or Becky Lynch, who I know a lot of people would love to see get the title back, even though the heel turn is not really working, as you commented on, not working to the extent it does. I think Bianca Belair and also, as well, Ronda Rousey are both going to be the title holders for quite some time, much to my chagrin, especially with Ronda Rousey, because, I th- again, I thought, her deal is all underwhelming. Who does she wrestle against on a regular basis that's going to draw anything on the Friday side? Because it seems to be very loaded on the Monday side as far as the individual women's wrestlers that are there. So very interesting question. But any last thoughts on the whole thing in regards to the women's wrestling division? I mean, Because we both thought Ronda Rousey as champion has not really done the trick.
1: The only thing I have left to say about this situation is that I, I, I do admire... Gerald, both Sasha and Naomi, because I imagine it. There, look, if I was there, even if I was miserable, I think I would really, really. That's why I think this. Too, I think there's more to this story. The, oh, there's always more to the story I, than we don't. Know. I don't see where you're like, man, this sucks, and I'm leaving. Like that's got to be the last chance saloon, you know? That's got to be the last thing that you do. So I, I don't know. I, I say my hats off to Sasha and Naomi for being brave enough and being strong enough and confident enough to say that's it, we've had enough, we're out. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy and Goodness. And this time we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV, Canada.
0: There's still a little bit more to talk about for this interview. Again, it's John Orlando from the PvD cast. You gotta go ahead and check him out today at the thepvdcast.com. His great shows are right there waiting for you. I want to get him on in the not too distant future and do another state of pro wrestling because I love talking to about pro wrestling for an hour and we I think I'm going to get that on the get-go here sometime in the next couple months. So definitely look out for that. But before we even get to that, there's still more stuff to talk about on this particular interview. And one of them is MJF. MJF in AEW. To me, he actually, again, I'm, I'm sold on MJF. MJF has actually brought a, a spark to professional wrestling as a whole, not mm-hmm. just AEW, that is not been there for quite some time Mm -hmm. Uh, you know the, the arrogance and plus the fact that they allow him to go ahead and say things that he would not be allowed to say on wwe television but even if that's the case if he was on wwe television they just allow him to be who he can be then it's going to work wonders there's a possibility that that could work wonders in the not too distant future as he said repeatedly on shows now that his contract is up in 2024 His good friend, Mr. Cody Rhodes, is in the WWE and now thriving in the WWE. Could we see a, I guess, an individual in MJF who has done so much for AEW television, has gotten over tremendously, showcased himself as probably the best heel right now in over a decade, at least, Will he follow in the footsteps of Cody Rhodes come 2024 I have,
1: <laughs> I have a, a very controversial hot take on this situation. I think people are going to hear this and they're just going to go. They're going to shake their head. They're going to think I've lost my mind.
0: Oh, they think that every time you're on. Well, the that's
1: show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think this is all a work. Okay. I think this is an elaborate storyline that Tony Khan has cooked up, mm-hmm. and that MJF being the constant professional. That's why I love mjf so much because the, he's the heel and he is the heel 24 7 there's no there's no i'm a heel but then when the red light goes off i'll sign your autograph kid and i'll kiss the baby and I'll, no 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 no. he's still like knocking the pen and paper out of the kid's hand and he's like con- insulting the baby that's that's him so i wouldn't be surprised if this is some type of elaborate work about oh, I'm, I'm unhappy and because it doesn't make sense to me that you want to renegotiate in 2020 Your contract, man, it's only 2022.
0: That's two Uh, years away. It depends on what he's been paid for because at at the time he originally signed with AEW, he wasn't as well-known a commodity. He's risen up through the ranks. They've realized what they've had as far as his talent is concerned, and they've done a very good job of utilizing his talent specifically. But along the way, they've gotten a lot of individuals that have entered AEW. A lot of them have named value from the WWE, and i'm sure a lot of them have contracts that are matching or considerably more than what mjf is earning and unless mjf mjf has had a revision on that contract to make what you're saying possible this could be a situation where if it is real is very concerning for aw
1: i know i'm still going with my gut feeling i think okay. something's going on here something something seems fishy look mjf's had an amazing run let's just be honest uh, yeah, maybe this this current storyline with Wardlow is a little bit eh. But that's uh, look, let's be honest. He's still look, making it good. Yeah, he's making it good. And AEW and WWE's always had the uh, you know, that you can't get five in a row great storylines. There's always going to be one stinker, you know, that they they that they're pushing. So, you know, I mean, but he his feud with Cody, then he went with Punk, and now, you know, Jericho, and I can't yeah. think of any of the other ones. There's there's others, you know, but he's had an amazing run, you know, again, as you pointed out, if he had, if he is making lesser money than say a a Matt Hardy or Jeff Hardy or whatever. Yeah. Maybe that is something to keep an eye on, but man, I would, if I was Tony Khan, I would not let him go. I'd fight tooth and nail to keep him. If indeed this is a legitimate issue. I don't know. I see him going to the WWE, but I see him burning out quickly over there if he went. Uh, again,
0: I see the talent there that you do as well in regards to him being the comparisons mm-hmm. to Rowdy Roddy Piper have now come from everyone. And you and I both see it. And to be so young, still in his mid-20s and still such a prodigy at this and to have picked up everything, the, all the nuances, all the subtle things as far as a, a heel and a, or AKA a bad guy. That only he has been able to convey and pick up that I wish so many people, even in their 30s or 40s, who've been working at this 20 years, don't even pick up. It's just simply amazing that some of the things he does to go ahead and inspire a crowd one way or the other. Just to get a reaction. That's the goal. And obviously, he's doing a great job of that.
1: So my question, could this be a possibility in the future? Maybe MJF being the cornerstone of the relaunch of Ring of Honor. I mean, they, they're they going to need a strong heel over there to start getting that business under. Is that a possibility? What do you think of that? Is that, is that think, just a I, bad idea? I see
0: that, though, I think as a step down. Okay, I think on a personal level he would see that. That's like going to NXT for him. Okay. He would see that I think as a step down. I think his eventual goal is becoming a heel Ric Flair version as the champion. Whether it's AEW or WWE, I think that's eventual goal is to have a nice long title run. If you do it right, if you book it right, mm-hmm. Oh, I absolutely. think, yeah, he would be a draw as a heel world champion. I think if you guys can go ahead, or if, if AEW can go ahead and actually do extremely well and sell out buildings right now with Adam, with, with Page, with Hangman Page, who we talked about this on the previous show, they don't even realize that he is the champion half the time. If you can still sell out buildings with that, just imagine what you could do with someone now, obviously with CM Punk, if he wins the title, which most people think he will, will elevate that. But just think what you could do with a revision of CM Punk and also MJF, with MJF leading the way as your champion.
1: Oh, it'd be phenomenal. I mean, that Punk-MJF feud was fantastic. It, yeah. it was great. It was the, the, the promos, the interaction, the matches... Overall, fantastic. I mean, I don't know what more to say. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I said, I, th- I think it's going to be interesting as we keep hearing more details come out about this situation. Again, I'm still sticking with my guns, Gerald. I, I'm thinking there's a little bit of fiction worked into this as well, I'm going to say. being It being fiction, it being a work, as they say in the business,
0: <laughs> yeah. it's professional wrestling. That would never happen. Mm. Oh, my gosh. It maybe maybe. maybe. <laughs> no, I wouldn't put anything past it either. Believe me, I wouldn't put anything past it either. But before we head on out, my friend, one last thing, and that is <laughs> this is the joke, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, this is the joke, my friend, out there. Just to let you know that we were both laughing before we went on the air because Ric Flair, Ric Flair at age seventy three, and John, he's just he's turning a different color as we speak on this, Rick Flair. In the old analogy of a professional wrestler that you just really can't retire because, you know, you went to the school of Terry Funk and you just really can't retire because he retired like 15,000 times and he just could never retire. I think he's actually retired now. I think that's because he can't do it anymore. But with Ric Flair, he's actually going to go ahead with what is being billed as one last match, even though he's already retired. Already, and we actually saw this already, not, not only an impact, but we saw an actual physical WrestleMania match with Shawn Michaels, which was supposed to be his last match, which even I knew at that, that time was not going to be the case. But supposedly now at 73, I believe he is supposed to be having one final match. Your thoughts on this, because as much as I've appreciated Ric Flair throughout his career and I'm amazed at how He's actually been able to do it so many times for so many years and achieve that level of greatness. And I've always said that even though he's not my favorite, he is still the quintessential wrestler of all time. And if you ever looked up professional wrestler on a dictionary or in Wikipedia or whatever, you should be seeing his face as just the presentation of what a professional wrestler should be. I want to hear your thoughts on this because, again, Ric Flair going out there with a pacemaker in He's got a pacemaker. He's got He's had a heart attack in, in, in recent years. I understand he's got a lot of ex-wives he still has to pay alimony to. But my God, man, going out there at 73 in a, his condition, I really fear for his
1: safety. Well, I fear for my safety. I almost choked to death in that, in that opening. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I just got something got sideways. Look. Um, I hope you're okay. No, I'm fine. I just... Okay. You were um, turning different colors. Anyway, well, I'm good. I'm all good. Man, what to say about this. A- at least from what I've heard, there's been a couple different scenarios thrown out as to the opponents and whatnot. So I originally heard that it was going to be a tag match. Flair and a partner versus Steamboat and a partner. Now they're saying six-man tag, FTR and Flair yeah, versus it's... the Rock and Rolls and Steamboat. That's,
0: no, Steamboat has bowed out. Steamboat... Oh, he has? Yeah, Steamboat has, in the uh, last 24 hours, said he, despite the generous offer that was made to him, has to bow out because his expectations. Now, he has expectations based off of his last match with Chris Jericho in a, it wasn't the WrestleMania match. It was like a pay-per-view right after that, where he had a follow-up match by himself against Chris Jericho that he is very proud of. And a lot of people were very happy to go ahead and see that match. He has high standards, and he said if he goes into a match now with Ric Flair, he doesn't think he could live up to those standards and wouldn't want people to see him on that type of note. So he has declined that. So right now, as of now, as of this recording, it is going to be FTR and Flair versus Rock and Roll Express and a mystery partners. But your thoughts on this, again, when it comes to Flair working any amount in the ring, I'd still
1: be highly concerned. Well, I don't know what to say on this. I really don't. Other than my question is, and I, I hate to make light of this, and I'm not trying to make light of it. First of all, I should just clarify that. Has Flair's reputation rebounded from the Dark Side of the Ring episode, you know, six months ago? People are going to buy
0: it. You know that. People are going to buy Fight TV. Okay. I okay. even <laughs> talked to you before. That's what you like, made you laugh is because I might actually go see it, but... <laughs> almost like a morbidity type thing but yeah it just i think people are gonna buy it i don't think i with the wrestling fans out there at large you know how you get the demographics okay you know they're willing to to for the most part put those aside put those things aside in order to go ahead and watch him perform one final time and i'm putting that in quotations
1: Hey Gerald, I I don't know what more to say about this. I mean, he shouldn't do it. I mean, with the pacemaker, maker, that that's has got danger. Even, even the only thing I can think of, and it would never happen, is if he just stands on the apron, he gets a tag, and he does a couple chops, tags out, and that's it. And you know, that's not what he's going to do. Yeah, he he's going to want to take the big giant bump. He yeah. does. He's going to want to you know do the flare flop. He's yeah. going to want to you know do this the figure four. This. This has got disaster written all over. Who okayed this, by the way? Well, the state has to yet
0: to okay it as of yet, because he has okay. to, I think, get a right, wrestling license. But I think it's at the Nashville Fairgrounds. So it's up to the folks in Tennessee to see if they'll allow it. It's very concerning to me as an individual that hopes in the best things for him. But it seems like he, whether he needs the money or he wants that final thing to go on to that final burst from the fans that you know, scratch that itch, whatnot it's just very concerning to me because you know in the nwa we see that smaller promotion they put they have mike jackson a former nwa light heavyweight champion come out from time to time and he's in the 70s too and you see him and it's just it takes a lot for him to do some of the things that he's doing and it just yeah it's great that he's out there similar to rick flair it's great that he's out there but you really are concerned for their health when they go ahead at that age to do anything in the ring at that point in time.
1: Agreed. I don't know. It's going to happen. I have a feeling cause you know, Flair's uh, stubborn and yep. uh, you know, no one's going to talk him out of it. And yep. so all we can do is hope for the best yep. um, and, and enjoy it. If we pick it up on, on fight TV.
0: Yep. I'll tell you what, but it will be, I don't, everybody will be watching it just to see Flair one last time or to see something happen one last time so i don't know we'll see what happens there you know but what
1: is- you know what though who knows maybe 10 years from now gerald we'll be talking about an 83 year old rick flair doing one last match who knows who knows with him because you know again when it comes to
0: professional wrestlers they never really retire but it is july 31st just want to let everybody know it is going to be at the national fairgrounds july 31st it'll be on fight tv if you want to go ahead and order it my friend, it's been great talking to you about yeah, and Flair. laughing with you about <laughs> Ric Flair. But before we head on out, you got to go ahead and do the major pitch. As always, what's going on with your awesome site and your awesome show, the
1: PVD cast? Well, the PvD cast can be found at all those major podcasting outlets. You know, you know them like Spotify and go- Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, et cetera, et cetera. It's also available over at my website, p- pvdcast.com, is where you can catch all of the episodes. Uh, episode number 332 just dropped with a gentleman by the name of Tim Chismar. Uh, he is uh, actually a Las Vegas native, apparently, and uh, a, a writer, a producer, an actor. He wears lots of hats, and uh, he was on for this week, and we talked about a lot of different things. And uh, it's uh, it's a pretty interesting episode. That, I'll just leave it at
0: that. You must be baking in the sun like I am right now. So. <laughs> Cause it's about 110 degrees out of here. So that's not any fun, but my friend, it's just great to have you back on again. I want to go ahead and when you get a chance, sit down, and we want to discuss the state of pro wrestling and you got it. Uh, you know, when all this stuff goes away, as far as the, the dust clears on, Sa- on Sasha Banks and Naomi on maybe MJF, although that probably is going to prolong itself for a little while longer when Stephanie McMahon, that, you know, she comes back to work. And when Ric Flair hopefully doesn't die in the middle of the ring, hopefully we can get together and go ahead and talk about professional wrestling and where these companies are going, because when you and it come onto the show and enlighten everybody about pro wrestling, it just makes things so much better.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. I love coming on and I, I look forward to sitting down and chatting with you about the state of pro wrestling real soon. You got it, my friend. I think we should
0: just do a state by state by state by state. There you go, each and every time out. But my friend, always great talking to you right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford and my good friend from Lakerholics.com, Jamie Sweet. He's going to tell you at the end of the show how you can catch his awesome articles and where to catch it at Lakerholics.com. Give a big thank you to John Orlando from the PVD cast for stopping by, sharing his thoughts on the world of pro wrestling. I did want to give an update since my conversation with John Orlando that the WWE has actually suspended Naomi and Sasha Banks. They're... Merchandise pages have been taken down. So if people who were thinking that, oh, this is just an angle, this is just a work, this is not real... It's looking a little bit more real than what people were originally saying. So this looks like it's uh, pretty legit right now because...
2: I just love that you can suspend people from a sport that you're allowed to hit people with chairs in. Yeah. Like, that's my favorite thing about all of this. Like, you need to hit somebody with a chair, but for the love of God, don't you dare
0: walk out. Knowing the WWE and the vengeance that sometimes they layeth on in... Yeah. And the smackdown that they layeth on in sometimes, as the rock would say, it's kind of disappointing at how things may turn up for both Naomi and Sasha Banks down the road. Let's put it so.
2: this way: if there's money to be made, they'll be
0: back. Yeah, exactly. If there's money to be made, they'll be back. That's usually the underlying thing: is that if they feel that they can go ahead and benefit financially, those bridges that were burned get repaired really quickly. <laughs> That's right. That's right, indeed. But before we head on out, my friend, I did want to mention that Halo on Paramount Plus finally came to an end after nine episodes, a little bit sooner than my good friend Mr. Josh Peterson and I thought. I thought it was going to be ten, but it actually ended up being nine episodes. And
2: a weird number. Um,
0: yeah, weird number. But they seem to be trending towards that these days because you got the Disney Plus series ending in, yeah. a lot of them in six, and then you got a lot of these other shows ending in nine episodes, like for instance, Winning Time, something we followed on HBO. So I do want to say that of the episodes in Halo, this was the most Halo-ish. And what I mean by that is if you're familiar with the video game, you finally got a chance after all this time, after only little bits and pieces throughout the episodes, maybe once or twice at the max that you've actually been able to see it. This is the one episode that really has utilizes things from the video game in detail. First-person view, gunplay, with the actual covenant to a great detail. But some of the logistics, again, some of the things that were said and done just boggle the mind as far as it's concerned. If the UNSC, Jamie, offers to send with you and your crew of four super soldiers 10,000 soldiers... Wouldn't you want the 10,000 soldiers to come with you as backup? Yeah.
2: If any kind of combat, I want 10,000 backup. I'm a lover, General, I'm not a fighter.
0: There you go. But with Master Chief, he says, no, no, no. They won't be able to handle it. There'll be 10,000 dead soldiers. Just those four Super Spartans, that's going to get it done. Right. And as you see in the episode, as hundreds of Covenant were coming at them, that didn't get it done unless right. a miracle happened. And, of course, a miracle happened. And uh, spoilers, the fact that Cortana took over the body of Master Chief doing something that really doesn't happen in the video games to any extent. It's always a cooperational effort. Here, it's actually Cortana, the AI, taking over completely and Master Chief the physical Master Chief body dying off and she taking over his body to go ahead and save the day and save all the crew members and be able to fly on out of there with the Covenant artifact that was at the center of this whole series. It was the most Halo-ish as far as for Halo fans out there, but it ended not on the best of notes. Kind of messy little ending to set you up for season two. We never actually physically went on Halo. We actually saw it only in dream sequences when this Artifact from the Covenant was activated, but we never actually physically went on it. we have got actually a direction that we're going to get to it if you're the UNSC or also Master Chief. So hopefully in Season 2, they'll finally get to Halo in Halo. But... Really disappointing, but then again, with video game adaptations, I'm not too surprised.
2: Yeah, that's I think the key here is that you're pulling from a video game material, and I mean, I will say this about the Halo franchise: they they spin a good yarn for a video game, but the success of The Witcher, I think, is an outlier, right? Because that was also a book. You know, I love that world. I love the idea of that world, but I think similar to the idea of like why, like a, for instance, Warhammer 40K movie or series or anything has never really come out because what are you drawing from? What is the thing that everybody relates to? And that's why you watch something on TV. You don't just watch it for the pure value of the entertainment. You want to relate to somebody somehow. You want to relate to the characters. Even if it's Thor and Hulk and Black Widow, you still want to relate to on some human level what those people, what those characters. And you need to see yourself reflected back at yourself from your entertainment and, and to some degree. And I think that more than anything, that's probably what that series suffered from. It was just a lack of connectable material for the majority of the audiences. I mean, obviously, if you're just like a ridiculous Halo fanboy, you're probably fine with everything. You know, you're getting to see Halo stuff on TV, you know, like and that was probably pretty cool. But for most people, that's not enough.
0: No, no, especially when they jumped the shark. They went over yeah. the shark. They jumped the train tracks. So they went through the station, as I've already said several times about this season. There's so many things about the Halo series that they changed, and I know when I get the next time the chance to talk to Josh, I know he'll share some final thoughts on it, but just been an incredible watch for altogether different reasons, and I'll just put it at that, but... You've had thoughts out there on the Halo season finale and Halo season one as a whole. It is coming back for season two on Paramount Plus. It has been very highly watched. I don't know if they've been watching all the way through, but at least the first couple episodes have been very much watched by everyone out there on Paramount Plus. So if you have thoughts on Halo season one, I'd love to hear them because I'd love to know why you think it's so good. And if you don't think it's so good and agree with us, please go ahead and let me know as well. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com or PopCultureCosmos, wherever you get your social media. But my friend, before we head on out, a box office recap, as again, we have a situation where Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness has once again won the domestic box office. It is number one in the world, and it is leaning towards $800 million worldwide, although it is tracking since it's not going to be played in China or Russia. It is going to be tracking a little under a billion dollars, which for a Marvel movie in the first week of May is kind of, I don't wanna say it's too underwhelming, but obviously it's not gonna go anywhere near where Spider-Man No Way Home has done. That made almost $1.85 billion, just to give everyone an idea before the end of its run. And
2: also moving, going in the time of COVID
0: changes things a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of think that this is going to end up being a disappointment for them, but not too big of a disappointment, if I can say it like that. Sure. But, I mean, we're talking about a sequel to a,
2: I won't say a beloved Marvel character, but, like, one of the more enigmatic
0: Marvel characters. But also, as well, Downtown Abbey. That's right. A new era. Actually did well for the first time bringing in that older audience that has been staying away in droves, earning 18 million dollars at the box office. I know you're laughing, Jamie, but no, this, it's
2: funny because I was just at my mom's house, my mom and dad's house, and she was she was so excited about Downton Abbey. That's like,
0: of course. That that's the demographic right there. And again, this is a demographic that has been staying away. Every movie that's been put out that's targeting that demographic has not made a ton of money. So this is one of the biggest openings to date in this pandemic era for a movie targeting that age group. So that's a big win, I believe, for the studio on that one. And Downton Abbey, a new era, has earned $18 million at the box office. So Downton Abbey is the big winner, winner. Thank you, Yes, Pinky's out indeed. It will not earn anywhere near what the original Downton Abbey movie made. Anywhere near a billion dollars. So No, no. But for a movie that caters to a certain demographic that has not gone out too much in recent right. times, it's a big win indeed. But if you have thoughts on the weekend box office, please let us know. PopCultureGospels at Yahoo.com. And one last thing I want to remind everybody that this week is the finale, the series finale of This Is Us, the long-running six-season hit for NBC is coming to a creative end and it looks like it's going to come to a very painful and tearful end so that's going to be a tearjerker out there for everyone I know that it's been something of an emotional ride for everyone involved that's watched it and been a part of it so get out your Kleenex and be prepared because season six of This Is Us is ending this week so be prepared this week on NBC to catch it and I know there's going to be a lot of fans and millions around the world checking out the final episode of This Is Us. Well, my friend, it's a great episode. But before we head on out, please let us know what you're up to with your great five things articles at Lakerholics.com.
2: Thanks for having me, Joe. It's been a blast. Yeah, over at Lakerholics.com, if you are a Laker fan or a fan of NBA basketball in general, or even we have some people chat about the WNBA a little bit, me and djkbu Tony 24 always uh, hyping and prepping and rooting for the ladies of the WNBA, which I consider to actually be the more fundamentally sound basketball league at this point. You got to come by, just pop on by, create a login, be a part of the conversation. It's a very respectful place, except every once in a while me and Tom get into it a little bit. But that's just how, that's just our relationship.
0: It's every just, once in a while? Yeah, you know, once a week, minimum.
2: There you go. I, no, I love Tom. Tom's a good man. Come on by. We'd love to, we'd have to hear what you think about Laker basketball, basketball in general. And, uh, you know, we're, we're a fun bunch of people.
0: That they are indeed. But be part of the conversation today, including the WNBA at Lakerholics.com. Go ladies. Yep. Well, Jamie Sweet, thanks so much for the correction on Downton Abbey. I just read it always the wrong way. I read it as Downtown Abbey. But you know what? It is Downton Abbey. But truly appreciate the help on that. But it's, any last thoughts?
2: we can pitch our own series to Netflix called Downtown Heavy. and it'll be There
0: you go. Day. Yes. Better. But any last thoughts before we head on out, my friend?
2: I'm really looking forward to the final release of Baldur's Gate three.
0: There you go. Absolutely. I was like it's something that eventually when it finally comes out in its full form <laughs> next still, year. Next year, and it probably needs still ten updates after that before it's oh. finally all the bugs are fixed and the patches are fixed and all that. So but that's the, the day.
2: Early access has still been stunning. It's been so good. It's been so good. I've re- I've played early access through probably
0: 20 times already. But also a man who plays tabletop RPGs. So there you go with Dungeons & Dragons. Yes. Shout
2: out to Roll20.net.
0: When it's working and you don't see the box of doom right there. I don't the- get
2: it. But I've, I've had almost zero
0: issues with Roll20. Oh, you're a lucky man indeed. But one of the few blessed, that's for sure. But my friend, it's great having you here. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm hoping you can stop by again in the Cosmos and looking forward to your next appearance there. Next time I see everybody on the Pop Culture Cosmos, it'll be episode 300. So I'm looking forward to that. But my friend, Jamie Sweet, please go ahead and check him out today at lakerholics.com. So for Jamie Sweet, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great